0: The best artists don't wait for inspiration to strike. The best artists are those that create like an artist but work like an accountant. There's a benefit to being a relentless artist. And that's what I mean by working like an accountant. The best artists you know, all of the ones that have been incredibly successful are the ones who are incredibly creative and ambitious and original and create from the heart, but then work like an accountant. Their creativity is fluid. The way that they create their original, everything they do is creative, but then they have a routine or a set of principles or a way that they work that is rigid and concise, like an accountant. They know what they need to do and they get it done. They do the work. Hey, welcome back to episode 18 of the podcast. How's everyone been this week? What's everyone been up to this week? I had a really, really nice week. I've got to be honest with you. I had a really, really nice week. I had a really consistent week of training. Um, Probably my most consistent that I've had for a while. I don't know what it was this week. I think it was just kind of one of those moments where you really experience, you know, those moments where things plateau for ages and, and they feel stagnant and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden you break through that wall and you feel like the fruits of your labor are there. All of a sudden you're able to actually do the things that you expected to be able to do much, much sooner. That's kind of how I felt this week. Everything sort of came to a head and I was able to to do things that I kind of had had a little bit of nervous energy around things like a longer bike ride I went on two much longer bike rides this week that actually felt decent I didn't get to the end of them and was completely done not even being able to comprehend how I was going to do the actual race distance the other thing I did this week was I started finally reading uh two books or three books I've started reading this week but one of them you can't really count as reading because it's an entire journey if any of you have read the daily stoic it's it's kind of you're supposed to do it over 12 months so it's kind of a a book of 366 for a leap year 366 meditations on ideas about stoicism so there's i can't remember i can't remember which stoics they use but uh seneca marcus aurelius and then a bunch of others I can't remember the names of the other ones. I'd also butcher the names if I tried to pronounce them. So let's just, if you want to know, you can go and search it up. But essentially, each page is a recreation in English, what their um, examples of their uh, Stoic philosophies, if you will. Parts of, you know, quotes that these guys have said throughout their books, throughout their readings, throughout their meditations that have been translated into modern English and put onto these pages and then underneath each is uh, the writer's interpretation of this in a very simple way and it's only honestly it's a couple hundred words on each page but the idea is you read one a day um, really meditate on that idea and try to carry that idea into the rest of your day or hopefully into the rest of your life but the reason why you do one a day is so that you're not overwhelmed with ideas and so you can genuinely focus on each element of stoicism in every single day rather than you know the normal way that you consume a book where sometimes you might read a chapter or three or four or five chapters and then sit there and wonder what you actually just read for the entire day. Whereas I like the idea of one page a day, you read it, you put it away and you concentrate on introducing that element of Stoicism into your day. And each month is a different aspect of Stoicism. Stoicism, And I, I'm I'm really enjoying that so far. The other two books I started reading is Atomic Habits. I finally, finally started reading Atomic Habits. I was kind of hesitant for a while and I know there's probably a few of you listening like, why is this becoming a book club? But I keep getting so many messages from you guys, um, sending me photos of you guys picking up these books or reading old books on your shelf that you didn't even know were in your house or maybe you picked up these books years ago at an airport and just never got around to reading them and it's awesome to see so many of you picking up reading. So, I'm I'm gonna keep this brief, but I would <laughs> I, I'm enjoying the aspect of this podcast that's slowly turning into a little bit of a a virtual book club. So I apologize to any of you that haven't picked up the reading element of. I'm sorry to any of you who haven't picked up the reading element of this podcast yet. But I started reading Atomic Habits, and I was hesitant for a while because, you know, naively and probably you know a little bit egotistical of me to say, but. I kind of had this interpretation that it was going to be a simple book. Like, you know, when you read a title and that's the purpose of a title is to be enticing, but not too complex. I read Atomic Habits, the title, and I was kind of like, oh, well, what are we going to learn about things that I already know, habit building and all that sort of stuff. And and honestly, from the first chapter, I realized how wrong I was. This book is very, very, very smart in the way that it's written very simple in the way that it's put together and then also goes through ideas that I just did not know. There's so many ideas around habit building. There's so many ideas around goal setting and the way you should structure your life as far as how to achieve your goals and then also how to break bad habits that I did not realize. There's a lot of very, very intelligent things and I'm not going to spoil any of them or maybe I'll turn them into podcast episodes, but there is a lot of very, very intelligent Aspects of habit building. One, for example, and I will spoil this, screw it. There is one element which I thought was incredible. It's called pairing habits. And I'm sorry to any of you who sound who are listening to this and going, Tom, this is first grade stuff. You, know, you shouldn't be so amazed by this. But I was amazed, so fuck you. <laughs> but I, pairing habits was one that I found to be incredibly helpful. So the way that this works is essentially all of us have a list of habits that we do on a daily basis. All of us have things that happen automatically and and not simple things like breathing and stuff like that. I mean like all of you shower when you get up in the morning and then immediately after showering you brush your teeth and then immediately after that you shave and then maybe after that you brew your coffee and then you sit down at your desk. And those sequence of things happen on a daily basis at the exact same time. And essentially what he talks about in this book, In Atomic Habits, is introduce a habit pairing or I'm probably getting the terminology wrong but essentially where for me for example when I get up in the morning I go and train and then I get home from training and I shower and do my morning routine in the bathroom so brush my teeth shave all that sort of stuff but after that I go downstairs I brew my coffee and I grab my cup of water and then I come upstairs and I drink that coffee whilst browsing the internet or doing whatever for about half an hour before I get into my work day and essentially what he described is you should introduce a habit into two in between two habits that are very routine for you so that you will remember to do them, but also so it will become a part of that already heavily ingrained habit really quickly. So for example, for me, I've been trying to introduce meditation. I've been trying to introduce meditation into my life for a very long time. Um, it's been something that I've been recommended to do. I'm a bit of a stress head, so this is something that I always knew would be valuable for me. I've tried it in the past, but I've always tried to go down the route of actually going with these subscription models of guided meditation, and I just can't justify the hundreds and dollars, like, Some of them are a couple hundred dollars a year just for a guided meditation. So I've just said, screw it, and I'm just going to do my own meditation where I'm going to listen to white noise and just focus on my breathing and concentrate on letting ideas flow and all that sort of stuff and just see how I go. 20 minutes a day is all I'm going to do. But my plan for it was what I do is every single night I close my laptop and I place the book, The Daily Stoic, onto my laptop. And then in the morning, after I brew my coffee and I come upstairs with my cup of water, I put the cup of water and the coffee there on my desk, I keep my laptop closed, and then I read a page of the Daily Stoic and I meditate for 20 minutes before I get to touch my coffee. And that one thing, just by simply pairing those habits together, suddenly meditation has become a part of my day like that. I've only been doing it for a week now, but it now feels like it's part of my morning routine because I've paired it with those already heavily ingrained habits of brewing my coffee, drinking my coffee. Very, very simple stuff like that, that kind of really clicks in your mind that I I wouldn't have even thought about doing before. Very, very simple things, but put in a very intelligent way, suddenly seem very clear. Now, again, I'm sorry if that seems really simple to a lot of people, but screw you, I'm allowed to have my moment. (laughs) So I would highly recommend Atomic Habits. And then the other book that I am listening to at the moment is um, Deep Work. Deep Work by Cal Newport. I'm listening to that on Audible. I used my subscription this month to to purchase that one. And it has been fantastic. And a really, really good pairing with Atomic Habits. I listen to this whilst I ride. And for all of you worried about me listening, you're wearing headphones whilst I ride. I use transparency mode on my headphones so I can actually hear traffic louder than I would hear if I didn't have my headphones on. But I listen to... That or I listen to audiobooks whilst I ride and it's been amazing so far. It's a really, really good pairing with Atomic Habits because Atomic Habits talks about the process of introducing these habits into your life and Deep Work talks about or really tries to encourage you to be productive in the time that you have. So for example, Atomic Habits is getting me to my desk and then Deep Work is making me productive once I'm at my desk. So I would highly highly recommend reading both of those books. Deep Work is a little bit on the nose for my industry because a lot or a large portion of that book was about social media and sort of you know getting rid of social media and and um you know Encouraging you to delete your accounts and whatnot, and and as much as I do agree with the principles of it, of course, um, it's hard for me to pay much attention beyond that because obviously social media plays a big role in my business. But like I do understand it, and I am going to introduce, for example, I've deleted Facebook and all of the other. I think the only ones that I've got now are YouTube and Instagram on my phone. Um. Because I just don't use the like I don't use Twitter I don't use Facebook I don't use any of these for anything other than just browsing mindlessly so I've deleted all of those off my phone and I do understand the principles of it but if you can get past that part of it um and I would all you know take it with an open mind I, I encourage you to read all of these things with an open mind I kind of you know with all of these books I I really want to start reading things that challenge my my. And I would encourage a lot of you to do that as well. Reading things that are sort of go against your beliefs in a little bit of a way, because it teaches you to be open-minded. It teaches you to be, you know, critical and think critically and approach things in a way that are going to lead you to less situations where you're shutting off from opportunities, or lead you to less situations where you're sort of, you know, you know the classic case of the black belt mentality where you think you already know everything and you're not willing to learn a willingness to learn is is incredibly valuable just being willing to learn things just being willing to understand that you're not perfect and there are things you can learn and there's ways that you can get better is going to carry you so so far in life and i think that's something that reading has taught me a lot is there's been a few books that i've picked up and i've got to be honest with you I've picked them up and they're not my thing, whether they be, you know, there's a whole part of relationship psychology that is very, very blokey. There's a big aspect of relationship psychology, um, the whole pickup niche that I, you know, I went into it with an open mind and I must admit, I still feel exactly the same way. I'm very against that whole aspect of, of um, behavioral science and relationship psychology. I don't like it, but I went into it with an open mind. I thought to myself, I'm like, I really enjoy all the stuff that I've read, all the, um, you know, Love Me, Don't Leave Me, Attachment, um, what's it called? What's the other one that I read? Hold Me Tight. Like, I've really enjoyed all of these books. Why wouldn't I at least take something away from the pickup side of things? And I mean, I was right in the sense that I was wrong in the sense that I didn't take anything away from it, but I was... I've now learned to approach things with an open mind. I've learned to you know, go into situations with a willingness to understand that I don't know anything. I don't know everything. There are always things I can learn, and there's always ways that I can get better. The other thing that I wanted to f- focus on today in the podcast, but also something that I've been focusing on a lot this week and for a lot of this second lockdown, is refocusing and refocusing what I'm doing and refocusing my attention. I think for a long time, I've sort of been very stubborn. (laughs) And you guys have probably noticed this with this podcast is a lot of the topics that I talk about are me getting through the issue of me being stubborn and my inability to sort of... (laughs) uh, Recognize when something is good for me and recognize when something is bad for me. And one of those aspects is, um, you know, opportunity. It's very easy for, you know, you to be suffocated by opportunity. It's the classic thing of, you know, those people that are like, I'm passionate about everything. So what do I choose? It's like, just pick one. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that wants to try everything, that wants to be everything, that wants to do everything for no other reason than the opportunities there. Um, And I think that that's great in some extent. It gets me into, like I said, a lot of situations where I'm trying new things. It's taught me to have an ability to learn. I consider myself to be a fast learner. I consider myself someone to be able to pick up information really quickly and be able to use that information really quickly. But an aspect that isn't great is I spread myself way too thin. I do a lot of things that aren't helping my progression and aren't helping my career and aren't particularly benefiting me in a way that say, you know, things that are important will be. This comes back to, you know, the 80-20 rule. And I'm assuming, I'm going to comfortably assume that a lot of you do know what it is, but if you don't know what it is, the 80-20 rule essentially says that 20% of the work will lead to 80% of the results. So say, for example, in my business, 20% of my clients are going to pay 80% of my income. So it's better for me to focus on that 20% of my clients and actually get rid of the other 80% than it is for me to spread myself across the 100% of my clients. It's like the classic case of, you know, if you're full, if your books are full, if you're doing too much work to the point where you're overly busy, you should increase your rates because by increasing your rates by, say for example, if you increase your rates by 50% and then a quarter of your clientele leave because they can't afford it, you're now left with 75% of the work and 150% of the money that you were getting before. So that's a, you know, an easy no brainer situation. But in terms of your attention, in terms of your actual output, the things that you're doing, in terms of your willpower and your ability to do things, you know, 20% of the stuff that you do on a daily basis is going to lead you to 80% of your results. And this has been something that's been really difficult for me to notice with my training as well. You know, 20% of my training is going to lead to 80% of my results. So I think that I have sort of decided that at least for the time being, um, I'm going to take my as much of my attention away from, and not all of it, obviously, I still need to focus a lot of it on it, but I'm going to take my attention away from, you know, the <laughs> and a repercussion of this, and I'll explain it later, will be more social media time. But take my attention away from social media, take my attention away from my business, take my attention away from consuming content, and just get back to focusing 20, you know, a lot of my time on the creative process because it's arguably the creative process. It's arguably the images that I create, the images that I edit, my videos that I make that lead to 80% of my results. It's not the other way around. It's not me managing clientele. It's not me answering comments on Instagram. It's not me doing stories every day. It's not me doing these things that have led to the results. It's me creating that has led to 80% of my results. So I really wanted to get back to that. And one of the things that sort of made me recognize this or one of the things that I've started to implement into my time now as a way to get to this. And this has come from Atomic Habits. So if anything, this entire podcast is an encouragement for you to go and read this book. But I learned the difference between systems and goal setting. I think that (laughs) I'm going to contradict myself here. I can't remember which episode it was, but I made that entire podcast episode about goal setting. And I still strongly believe that goal setting is incredibly important. I think that without a goal, you don't have direction. And obviously, like I talked about, once you have a goal in mind, your brain's going to start to recognize patterns and recognize situations where you can get closer to that goal. It's like the classic case of, you know, if I tell you to think about, a blue elephant suddenly you're thinking about a blue elephant regardless of what you were thinking about before if you look a lot of you know if you're looking to buy say a tesla you're going to start seeing a lot of teslas on the road right now i'm looking to buy a new bike i went for a ride on saturday morning and i god i think every second person i rode past was ride, riding on a canyon triathlon bike and i'd never seen them on the road before but that morning because i'd been thinking about buying one and i'm doing a lot of research They're everywhere now. That's because once your brain has a goal, once your brain has a bearing, it's going to begin to recognize patterns or situations where that goal is visible in your world. And I think that that's why goal setting is still incredibly important. But one of the things that I've learned recently is that there's a massive difference between having a goal and having systems set in place to achieve that goal. Everyone who's ever been successful has had goals but so did everyone who failed. (laughs) Everyone has goals. The people that succeed and the people that fail both have goals, but it's usually the people that had good systems set in place. It's the people that had routines and habits and ways that they worked their life into being better for them that achieved those goals because they were more active, more of the time, more consistently enough to get them to their goals. That sounded like a hodgepodge of words, but I think it made sense in my own head. You know, a goal is an endpoint, a goal is an objective. It's a point that isn't repeatable. You know, that's the other issue that I experienced a lot recently is that a goal is not repeatable, a goal is an endpoint. And unfortunately, what happens when you're going for an endpoint is that you end up in a situation where I will be happy when I achieve X, or I will be this when I achieve Y, or I will have this when I achieve whatever. And that's bad because it it takes away from the enjoyment of the actual moment. It takes away from the process of doing and puts you into the process of achieving. And that achievement might be ages away. That achievement might not be something that you'll see for the next few years. How are you going to find your happiness and fulfillment before that happens whereas a system is an action or a routine like a repeatable thing that you can do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis that's going to get you towards your goals. I think it's also awesome because it can allow you to set systems in place for your personal life things that you can do personally things like reading things like you know habits essentially a system is just a habit a daily thing or a weekly thing that you do consistently to get you towards your goal now why am i talking about this why am i bringing up systems and habits and my creativity and and goal setting and all that sort of stuff i noticeably i'm sure that a lot of you have noticed and i'm i'm assuming that a, a lot of you originally found me on instagram although there's a few people that have started messaging me saying that they found me on the podcast and then followed me on instagram which Blows my mind is bizarre because I, like I said, I made this podcast with the intention of giving my audience a place to f- learn more about me, or giving my audience a place to hear more, or giving myself an opportunity to make something and enjoy the process of talking to a camera more often. But to have people that found me on here and then find my Instagram is bizarre. But essentially, most of you, I'm sure, would have noticed a pretty sh- a pretty sharp decrease in the amount that I'm creating over on Instagram over the last 12 months. Um, it's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's not because I... Well, it is because I didn't have the inspiration. It's because I was running on inspiration for a lot of my early you know, career creating you know, it was very novel. (laughs) There was a lot of enjoyment. There was a lot of travel. There was a lot going on that made it enjoyable for me. And then I paired that as well with the success that I saw. You know, I was putting something in and achieving X. I was doing Y and achieving X. And because of that, I was able to run on inspiration. The very fact that there was a feedback meant that it wasn't very hard for me to find motivation. The motivation was already there. The fact that it was novel, the fact that it was new, the fact that I was enjoying it, and the fact that it was achieving something meant that I it was effortless for me. It was very easy for me to sit down and create a post and post it and send it out, and that was that. Whereas now, it slowed right down, and I was mistaking this lack of momentum. I was mistaking this um, period of... Drought. I was, I was, you know, I was replacing or confusing um, a lack of systems, a lack of routine for burnout. And I've said this so many times, and I've, I've probably said it to the point where people don't believe me anymore. It's a bit of a boy who cried wolf situation, but. God, I felt like I've just been in a period of burnout creatively for my imagery with photography and just creating in general on that side of things. Video and and especially this podcast have felt amazing for me, but I think that's because I had systems set in place. And this is something that I noticed recently, even if I didn't recognize what I was doing with my YouTube channel, with my business and with my podcast, there's very clear cut systems set in place that put me into a situation to create this podcast more consistently over time to be successful. You know, the numbers from this podcast, although I am very proud of where we've come, there's no crazy response to this podcast. There's no crazy amount of success that's motivating me to do this. I'm motivated to do this because I have very clear systems set in place that are getting me to accomplishing the goal of posting a podcast every Monday. But with photography and with my imagery, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. It was purely running off the dopamine of the success. I was purely running off the enjoyment of doing something new. And when that ran out, I didn't have the system set in place to continue doing that. And that's what I mistook for burnout. There's a great line that I don't want to claim because I don't think I came up with it. But I can't remember where I heard it. So I'm just gonna say that I heard this somewhere recently, and I'm not gonna say I came up with it, because it came to mind as I was writing down my dot points for this, and I'm certain that I heard it somewhere, so I'm not gonna claim it, but I heard this line that really resonated with me and essentially created the momentum for me to make this decision or created the, the encouragement for me to do this recently is that the best artists don't wait for inspiration to strike. The best artists are those that create like an artist but work like an accountant. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was so, so brilliant because it's true. You know, how many artist friends do you have out there? And I'm going to have a stab because I can right now. And I'm being this person. So I'm sorry that if this offends you because it offends me. I am this person. How many artists do you know out there that are never going to release enough music because they're always focused on it being perfect? How many people out there are never going to do something because they're always worried about it being perfect or finding the inspiration or waiting for that perfect moment of inspiration to strike? That's what being an artist is. That's the stereotypical artist, the person that has so many ideas but never does any of them because they're waiting for that perfect amount of inspiration. Whereas I want you to think about all the successful artists you know, all the musicians. Logic, for example, released music yesterday. How much music has that man released in the last five years of his career? The last five years, it seems like he's released two albums a year. Two albums a year. That man has no need to. He's essentially got the perfect, What. Other artists would describe as the perfect amount of inspiration or the perfect amount of success for the inspiration to come, but he's still relentless. And this comes back to if you guys watch my YouTube video, there's a benefit to being a relentless artist. And that's what I mean by working like an accountant. The best artists you know, all of the ones that have been incredibly successful are the ones who are incredibly creative and ambitious and original and create from the heart, but then work like an accountant. Their creativity is fluid. The way that they create their original, everything they do is creative, but then they have a routine or a set of principles or a way that they work is that is rigid and concise like an accountant. They know what they need to do and they get it done. They do the work. They do the work. They know that they're an artist and they sit down and they do the work. They don't wait to create. That rhymed. They don't wait to create. They don't wait for inspiration. They sit down and create. And that is why systems are so incredibly important. So how can we use this in your lives? How can you guys take away from this podcast that's not going to just be listening to me having uh, an epiphany, which is essentially what I've just had. (laughs) This whole week has just been an epiphany for me. How can you guys implement this as well? Let's talk about this podcast, for example. Like I said, that I you know for me this never really made any sense to me and i thought that it was burnout because why was the podcast so consistent why was i capable of being so consistent here why am i capable of being consistent in my business i never miss a deadline with my video work there's never a you know there's never anything that i miss over there how am i consistent on youtube which arguably i'm not but how am i still more consistent on youtube than i am on instagram The reason why is because I, without knowing, had already set up systems in place to achieve those goals, to get me to the point where I'm creating more often, to put me in the best possible position for me to succeed. Let's take this podcast, for example. For me, on a weekly basis, I use an app called Notion. I have it up on my computer screen right now. This is where all of my ideas, where I consolidate all my ideas and where all my scheduling goes. And eventually down the line, when I get my editor to edit these podcasts, this is where all the information as far as the audio files, the thumbnails, everything is going to go into this program. It's a really, really good one. I'm going to make an entire YouTube video about this, but Just Google Notion and then YouTube Notion. There's countless videos on how to use this, especially for artists. But essentially, I just use it to write down all my ideas and have them in one place that's easily clickable. All the ideas open up into separate pages. And then in those pages, I can consolidate my ideas and figure out what I want to do. So on a weekly basis, on any given week, I try to schedule at least three drafting sessions into my week. These are just podcasting sessions for half an hour, three times a week, where all I do is I sit down and I write down as many ideas as I can and I consolidate as many ideas as I can. Consolidation of an idea is essentially just turning the idea into a podcast episode. It's all very well and good, for example, with this one. This podcast, I'm probably going to call it Goal Setting versus Systems, or maybe, I don't know, I'll figure it out. But essentially, it's all very well and good for me to write down that idea. But actually having it turn into 30 to 45 minutes worth of content is another story. So that's where the consolidation of the idea comes in. It's when I go in and I write about the idea. I figure out what I want to talk about and I develop that into five very concise talking points that I want to cover throughout the podcast. It allows me to sit down here and get on a roll. Usually I only get to two or three of the talking points before my brain just goes off on a tangent, but that's not the point. The point of doing this process is so that I don't get to Sunday afternoon and fail to get there. So that's task number one. That's one system that I have set in place that happens every single week that gets me to do this more consistently. Three times per week, I sit down and I consolidate or write down ideas. Sunday, I record. Between 4 and 6 p.m. every single Sunday, I record the podcast. No questions asked every single week on Sunday. If I can't record on Sunday, I record on Friday or Saturday. And that's something that I do, that's why way it works. And then Monday morning after my ride and after my breakfast, I edit, I post, and then I edit the promo videos for my Instagram page. And those are the systems that I have set in place for my podcast. Now you probably noticed that none of those systems are set around posting a podcast. There's no talk about Anchor. There's no talk about you know titling or anything like that because all of those are not repeatable. And I don't mean that obviously they're repeatable, but they're difficult to repeat. If I had the system set in place and a weekly system that just said, post a podcast on Monday, that is way too big of a system that is way too difficult to repeat and way too difficult to be consistent at. So for me, I've broken that system up into... Actionable steps that I know if I do all of those steps, by the time I get to Sunday, it's going to be easy to record. And then by the time I get to Monday, I'm going to have something to post. And that's what allows me to be consistent with this. If we talk about, say, my business, for example, the system that's set in place is me communicating with my clients, me making sure I'm on top of things with my clients is a set of systems and it's probably a little bit more messy than my podcast is but it's what allows me to never miss a deadline it's what allows me to always make sure I'm on top of my tasks is the fact that I'm communicating back and forth with my clients so how can I or how have I gone about introducing this into my Instagram this week well if we take the example of my podcast, my goal, and you guys have probably heard this on the podcast before because I have mentioned it, my immediate goal is 100,000 downloads on the podcast. I think that that would be an incredible milestone to hit, and I think that that would be an important milestone to hit for me. It would show me that I'm doing the right thing and it would also give me enough momentum to carry on to eventually turn this into something that can consume a lot more of my time. I can hire hire an editor. I can start working with other people. Maybe I can introduce a co-host, do things that I can start investing into this podcast because for now, this podcast is very low budget. It's just me in my room once a week talking to a camera and talking to a microphone, but I want to turn this into something that I can upscale. I can turn this into something that I can do more of and commit more of my time to, but it's important for me to prove that concept. So for me, 100,000 downloads is a sign where I'm like, okay, this is something that I can commit more of my time to comfortably, more of my money to comfortably knowing that it's an investment. Because for now, it's just something that's small. But those systems that I have set in place are what allow me to do things on a weekly basis that know that I can keep that goal in the background. I can make sure that that goal's just in the background, doing its thing, not worrying about it. But as long as I do these systems every week, at least I'm getting towards that goal. So if I try to introduce that to my Instagram, for example, for me, a goal of mine would, to, would be to build a business on Instagram is to earn a living through digital products or an online business and through Instagram, that's important to me. And to do that, I believe that I have to build an audience. And I know there's people out there that don't believe in goal setting around numbers. And I'm a, I believe that. I, I am a proponent of that. I think you need to concentrate on the process and not the numbers. But I think that's why systems can play a role here. I think that if you have goals, it gives you a bearing. And then these systems are what keep you focused on the process. So for me, I would love to hit 100,000 followers. That's something that I think is important for me. It's something that I think gets me closer to my goal of having a creative business that's sustainable online. But for me, the systems that I have set in place now is every single day, bar Sunday, every single day from Monday to Saturday, I have to sit down for an hour at the beginning or the end of my day and edit photos for an hour, no matter what. That's all it is. That's the system. That's all of it. That's that's it. There's no system around... Focusing on posting to Instagram, there's no system on captioning, there's no system on posting stories, nothing to do with Instagram. Because if I focus on getting an image out every day, that's got nothing to do with the creative process, that's got nothing to do with getting me to create more, and that's got nothing to do with me producing good work. If my focus is purely on posting every day, that's not going to achieve that's not going to achieve anything because I'm not going to be putting out work that I'm proud of. But by me creating a system where I'm creating more, that's going to be a byproduct of me creating more often. A byproduct of me creating more is I'm going to have more work to share. So, a system that I've set in place is that every single day from Monday to Saturday At the beginning of my day, as soon as I sit down at my desk, or at the end of my day before I turn my laptop off, I edit photos for an hour, no matter what. Now, I wish I could commit all my time to this. I wish it could be something that I do every single day, but at least now I'm editing more photos more often. And this simple act in just a week has made me realize that I'm not burnt out. I'm not lacking creative inspiration. I'm just not giving myself enough opportunities to. If I'm sitting down on a Monday morning and my entire to-do list is full and I also have the distant goal of posting an Instagram photo, how many times do you reckon I'm actually gonna sit down and open a photo and start editing something? Very, very rare. Rarely, very rarely, because I'm not giving myself the opportunity to, but by prioritizing that part of my day and making that a part of my routine and turning it into a habit and a system that I have set in place, now it's something that is a priority in my day. It's something that is part of my day. It's something that's important to me achieving. It's something that I know I need to do on a daily basis, but it's also no pressure. I don't need to do anything. There's no goal at the end of that hour. I don't have the goal of sitting down and by the end of the hour, I have X amount of posts or I have something ready to post that night or I have whatever. There's no pressure in that. It's just me giving myself complete creative freedom to enjoy myself for an hour every single day because at the end of the day, that's what this is. I posted an Instagram caption the other day that said, this shit ain't that serious. This shit is not that serious, dude. It's not that serious. So focusing on the thing that you actually enjoy, focusing on the part of this that you enjoy is what's going to give you the most results. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm certain that me creating that 20% is me creating, me creating videos, me creating photos, me creating podcasts. My creativity is the 20% that produces 80% of the results. So I've directed my focus back towards that aspect of my business because I think I just got disconnected from that for a while. I I love building businesses. I love working with clients. I do love that side of things, and that's why I think I got distracted by it because it's kind of like that golden handcuffs thing. As soon as you find something that's not that bad, it distracts you from the gold that you were chasing for. You know, there's going to be spoils along the way that kind of, steer you in different directions that give you a little bit of a a hint of what you could achieve. But the goal is to not be distracted by those things. Take them as you come. You know, if, for example, I could not be happier for what I have achieved. I could not be happier for the fact that I'm capable of supporting myself financially, but it distracted me from the goals that I actually had. So how can you, let's give you some basic principles, and I haven't scripted this, so this might be a little bit of a hodgepodge, but let's give you some basic principles to finish off that can allow you to introduce systems into your life. And this is all anecdotal, this is just my own experience, and this is what I've started to do on a daily basis that can help you guys out. Set your goals. So like I said, if you guys are avid listeners to this podcast, you probably now have a set of goals. I want you to assess each of those goals. So each of those goals that you have, there's going to be actions that you can do on a daily and weekly basis that are going to get you towards those goals. I want you to figure out what those actions are. So write down a list of things that you can do consistently that get you towards those goals. A really basic example, I wanna do an Ironman, I need to ride, run and swim consistently to get me to that point. And those are the actionable steps on a weekly basis. Now, why would you set these systems in place rather than having the goals down the line and just focusing on that? Again, a really basic system is the goal of doing an Ironman is insurmountable. It's a very, very big goal, but by me simply knowing that today I need to do X, to achieve why, is going to give me the comfort and knowledge that I'm on the right path. By me sitting down from Monday to Saturday and editing for an hour, I know that I'm on the right path to achieving my creative business goals. And then also make them easy. Make them the things that you enjoy. Make them enjoyable. Don't focus on outcomes. Don't focus on having an Instagram post or don't focus on having a YouTube post or don't focus on creating that new podcast or or building that website, just focus on the parts you enjoy. Build systems around things that you enjoy that get you towards your goals. Obviously, you know, there is elements of your business that you're going to have to do sometimes that are just part of it. There's just things that you have to do on a daily basis that you don't necessarily enjoy. But if you can build more systems into your life that you enjoy, you're going to enjoy this path more. You're going to enjoy this job more and you're going to be more successful because, again, like I said, this shit ain't that serious. <laughs> this shit is not that serious, and the more enjoyment you can find in it, the more you're going to enjoy this life. I think I want to leave it at that. I don't know how cons- I don't know how cohesive this podcast is going to be. I really, really don't, but I I really want to leave it at that because because I think it is that simple. I think people overcomplicate this process. I think people take this whole thing very very seriously and they forget why we started in the first place i think the the perfect example is you know the part-time artist is usually way more enthusiastic about his job but the moment that he goes full-time suddenly he forgets how much fun it was to be an artist and i think that by introducing elements of that into your life you can start to find that spark of enjoyment again it's like For me, even though I'm a full-time artist, I only really have an hour every day that I can focus entirely on just creating for me. But that's why I started this. Creating for me is why I started this whole process. So I think that by reconnecting with that, you know, it gives me a hint of what it feels like to hunt again. It gives me a a hint of what it feels like to be a part-time artist, to be doing this on the side whilst I do something that I don't enjoy. I'm thankful and I'm forever thankful that I do enjoy my job. I do enjoy the stuff that makes me money. But like I said, you know, the goals are still there. I just got distracted by something along the way. I just got distracted by the things that, came up, the the things that distracted me. So, I think that by setting these systems in place, by giving yourself the understanding that this is important, by letting yourself have fun again, then you're going to begin to really enjoy this again. And you're going to build that momentum that is necessary or the momentum that a lot of you have lost. Because I, th- I know there are a lot of artists out there that struggle with this a lot. There's a lot of artists that when they begin, it's really novel. When they find momentum, it's really fun. And then as soon as that momentum is lost, they mistake that hard work for a lack of creative inspiration or they mistake that you know need for work with creative burnout. I think the one quote that I want you to take away, and I think I'm going to finish on this because I think it is important, is the most successful artists are those that create like artists and work like accountants. How can you be an artist that is going to introduce a little bit more of an accountant work style into your life? How can you be a little bit more rigid with how much you create? And I know there's people out there that talk about, oh, creative work needs to flow and you need to do it when you're enjoying it and all that sort of stuff. And and I do believe that. I do genuinely believe that. But I think that by giving yourself more opportunities and scheduling your creative bouts and being rigid with your habits and doing things that put you into more positions where you can express that creativity is going to work for you. There's also the element of how many times have you sat down and opened up a project and within five seconds, you suddenly realize how motivated you actually were. You just weren't in a very good mood or maybe that inspiration wasn't there until you opened the project. By having these systems set in place, suddenly it eliminates all of those moments because if you know that every single day you need to sit down for an hour at the beginning or the end of your day and create something, anything at all, or you have a goal in mind, maybe it's a specific goal of creating something specific, if you know that you have to sit down every day for an hour and do that, then that completely eliminates the question of am I inspired to do this today? because you already know you have to do it. So you might as well sit down and get to work. And 90% of the time, you're going to sit down, get to work, and recognize that you don't need that creative inspiration. You just needed to sit yourself down and give yourself the opportunity to create something in the first place. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. We're almost up to episode 20. I don't know what I'm going to do once I get to episode 20. I honestly don't because I'm teetering that line right now between wanting to get a co-host... So I am really thinking about that and I'm open to your suggestions. So if any of you have the suggestions, message me on Instagram, um, title it, something to do with the podcast, but give me your suggestions as far as what you guys would like to hear because I'm thinking of keeping it solo and occasionally having guests and, and maybe starting a second podcast with a friend of mine and just having these two entities be completely separate or I'm thinking of bringing a co-host onto this permanently or there's a few things that I'm thinking of doing after episode 20 but I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed this whole process so thank you all of you for listening I'm going to say my normal spiel because we're getting to the end of the podcast and that's what I normally do But if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you've enjoyed any of the episodes, if you've found any value at all, the number one thing you can do to help me and to help this podcast to be viewed by more people, because I think that that is you know, if you enjoy this podcast, I would love for more people to get that enjoyment as well out of this podcast. So, if you have enjoyed, the number one thing you can do is share this podcast with someone you know. Share it with a friend. Share it with someone you think may appreciate it. But as always, you know, I'm not your dad. That's entirely up to you. You can do whatever you want. But if you did enjoy it, I would really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week.